Welcome, 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 welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your co-host, Keith Pompey. Got my man, Devon Gibbons, in the building. What's up, D? Keith, what's happening, man? Thank you. Uh, uh, thank me for what? Look, I just want to thank y'all for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now, look, y'all, I told y'all that D was joining the podcast Today is his first day. So what's up, man? How you been? I'm thrilled to be here. Great to have some good basketball here in town. And I get to talk Sixers Hoop with you five days a week. So I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to it. I appreciate you. Appreciate the Locked On family for adding me to this great podcast uh, family here. And it's going to be a fun time. Now, D, I know a lot of people in Philadelphia know who you are. They know a lot about you. But for the people nationally, just, like, let people know about you. (laughs) I beg to differ, but okay. Nah, they Uh, know who you are. Yeah, so uh, Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic FM Radio in Philadelphia, home of 76ers basketball. I'm a weekly host on the station, 6 to 10, Monday through Friday. Do a couple of other things as well with the station, but uh, the 76ers, I'm the insider for for the for the radio station as well. Been around the team for 14 years and have seen the ups, the downs, and back to the ups again here with this basketball team. So uh, a lot of, I guess, knowledge and experience as we try to bring to you guys every every day and every week with Keith's experience and my experience being around the team as well. Yeah, but you've been around the team way longer than <laughs> But But look, so he, this guy is talking about, like, nah, people don't know who I am, whatever. But anyway, so look. Mr. Who people don't know who you are, fronting like they don't. We have a lot to talk about this morning. We I do. mean, let's talk about last night's game. The Sixers won 123 to 108, right? So we have to start off in the first segment talking about Tyrese Maxey. I mean, my man was balling, right? In the second segment, we have to, we're burying the lead a little bit, but we have to talk about James Harden, right? James Harden's home debut. And then in the third segment, Man, we can't not do a podcast without talking about how the bench just struggled. <laughs> you know what I mean? But listen, man, let's start it off talking about Tyrese. What really stood out to you, D? Well, I thought that in the first half, while he played okay in the first half, he ended up with 25 points on the night. But the first half, he was a little bit just settling, and he was allowing the others, and when I mean the others, Embiid and James Harden to do their thing. As the anchors of the team that they are, he allowed them to really set the tone for things. But they were down. They weren't winning. And they needed his infusion of of energy, his speed, and his talent overall. And that's what we saw in the second half where he had four points in the first half, ended up with 21 in the second half, 11 in the third quarter specifically. And that, that is what really stood out. The fact that he turned it around the way that they did after the game, he spoke about how James Harden said to him in the locker room, you, are you going to play tonight? <laughs> and, and look, he was right. He was, he was deferring to the big stars when at this point, the first two games that we saw with Harden and Bede in, in, in on this team uh, through the new James Harden era, we saw Tyrese Maxey as that third star. Now, it could be Tobias Harris one day. It could be Tyrese Maxey another. So far through those first two, it was Tyrese Maxey. And again, he deferred too much in the first half, and he wasn't the only one. But the one that you can count on and the one that you can trust is Tobias, pardon me, is Tyrese Maxey, and he did exactly that. So that's why it's great that we're starting here because he was phenomenal in that third quarter again 
getting to the foul line. I believe it was five of six from the foul line in the third quarter. 21 overall in the second half. He hit four three-pointers on the night. He was four for six. So we're seeing that gradual improvement as a three-point shooter from Tyrese Maxey. That's trusting himself when he's, when he's catching the ball and shooting. We're also seeing a step back from him as well. So just the, the necessary growth that we're starting to see from a third scorer with the Sixers offense. It will shuffle from time to time. But these first three games, it has been Tyrese Maxey, and he was tremendous in the second half to help lead the Sixers to this 123-108 win. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like, I mean, when you talk about the third quarter, the third quarter he scored 11 points, right? He was two for two for three from the field. He, both of his made baskets were three-pointers. Like you said, he won five for six um, from the foul line. He was a plus 17. I mean, him and Joel Embiid – you know, basically let him. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Matisse had three, uh, James Harden had five, but, you know, he really played well. I mean, the second half, when you look at his stats overall in the second half, you know, this guy shot five for seven. He went four for five on three, five for seven from, uh, from uh, excuse me, seven, seven, eight from the foul line. He had two rebounds. He had an assist. And he was a plus 21 in the second half. He was aggressive. He was really aggressive. And, and the thing that's really standing out to me is, you know, I keep saying to myself, like, okay, he's about to settle down. Like, okay, like he had the two great games and this third game he's going to settle down. And it just seemed like, like you said, in that second half he was real aggressive. I mean, there were a couple shots where I'm like, whoa, I didn't know the guy had that. How about the one to beat the shot clock? Where oh, yeah, that yeah. fade away to yeah. his right with the defender on him, but he recognized that the shot clock was winding down and he had to get a shot off. Now, look, it wasn't a great shot, but it made it. And it also, again, electrified the crowd as they made that comeback in the third quarter. And that's just what we see from this guy. He's fearless. He, he, looking at where our vantage point is behind the basket in the second half where they were coming towards us, he was going at Mitchell Robinson when he was in the game whether he was going to block it or foul him or at least get a good shot attempt, he was going to, he was undeterred going to the basket and, and trying to at least get the two points, maybe again get to the foul line or quite possibly get a three, three point play out of the entire deal. But that's what he was in the second half. He was bound and determined to make some positive plays for the basketball team to help out his two stars and not defer like he did in the first half. Just a great performance. Yeah, it really was. It was a great performance. And, you know, it's to a point where you know, I kept I kept I, I was a little leery of saying the big three just because I didn't I'm still not there. I'm, I'm not there yet either. You know, I'm just a little leery. I, I you know, I, I just, you know, to me is a little disrespectful to Tobias. Right. And then secondly, it's just that we got to see how this whole thing develops. And I know some people are saying, well, why are you being di saying disrespectful? It's just that you don't go from being the man then all of a sudden you have a couple bad games and then you're no longer the man again you know i, I just don't think that's how it, how it is now i know there are certain fans <laughs> well, who could care less but i just don't see it well we we view that one differently and i'm sure we'll get to that at some point with the uh, big three in general and tobias being a part of that big three because quite frankly i just don't think they have a big three i think they have a the, 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 the superstar duo that they have and some really good pieces behind led by Harris and Maxie as the other two. And, of course, Matisse Thibel in the way that he does things defensively, starting to sh show some good flashes on the offensive end as well. But 
that's another conversation for another day and not that it's a problem, just say, saying that it's not a bad thing to say that they don't have a big three. They have the big two with two really good guys in the starting lineup with them, including Matisse Thibel. That's, well, that's how I look at it. Well, I, I, look forward, I look forward to having that conversation. But for now, you know what? I want to talk about Bet Online. All right. Now, here's the thing, man. Like, Bet Online is, is one of those things. I'm not really a gambler, man. I don't know. Do you gamble a lot? A lot? No, but from time to time, yeah. Oh, okay. So, me, I'm, I'm like one of those dudes. I just don't gamble. But I, I like helping people out who gamble. So, you know, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all your latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next um, fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one sport for all your sport betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use the mobile device. And, and learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So I'm telling you, man, if y'all, like, you know, if you want to gamble, you want to do what you got to do, go ahead and check out Bet Online today. It's really, really good. And then something else I want you, you guys to do, right? Thank you for making Locked On Sixers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis for from your local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now, D, like I said, bury in the lead, right? Tonight was all about James Harden, right? I got here early. People were outside. You know, heck, man, even I went to the barbershop uh, yesterday morning. Dudes with rocking Sixers gear. When James Harden came out and did his warm-up, it was like an applause. When James Harden was intro- introduced uh, during the starting lineup, it was the applause got louder. When he first touched the ball, the pa- applause got louder. I mean, this was James Harden day in Philadelphia yesterday. It, it has been, Keith. Just to, Let's take it a, a little further back for Sixer fans who know about what, what's been going on. But as you mentioned, the national uh, basketball fans that are just trying to figure it out by listening here on Locked On Sixers. It's been James Harden week dating back to last week after the All-Star break and them finally getting on the floor on, on Friday in Minnesota. And tonight they, it did, they did not disappoint. Having Minnesota and New York as the first two games on the road and Sixer fans having to watch from afar, they couldn't wait to wrap their arms around James Harden and allow him to feel that love that they have for him, understanding where we come from with the saga that was the Ben Simmons saga. So it, it, it did not disappoint last night with how he performed, how the crowd reacted. I was also here uh, with you in the building as he came out for his warm-up about, mm, about an hour before tip-off. Mm-hmm. And when he came out, I, I watched it. And as soon as he emerged from the tunnel, the, the crowd that was allowed in the building at that point, the early – early arrival that they uh, have for the fans, the fact that they cheered the way that they did as if you made a basket, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, that was just the carryover from Friday and Sunday with what they saw against the Timberwolves 
and the Knicks. And then to your point, I thought they did it perfectly, the Sixers staff, by having him introduced first. Joel Embiid is always last. No need to mix him in in between all of that. Start him off first and allow him to come out and receive that ovation and, again, have the fans wrap their arms around him so he understands exactly what he's getting himself into as the newest member of the 76ers. And just to take it a step further, as you talked about with the points, overall finishing the night with the 26 that he had and just one assist and one rebound shy of a triple-double, which would have been his second consecutive. He, he was taken off the ball. So when you talk about Tyrese Maxey in the first segment, he was taken off the ball in the second quarter, allowing Maxey to kind of initiate things and let James Harden play off ball because he had it working early on where Maxey didn't, again, deferring a bit, but having him run the ball, run the offense and initiate things. I thought Doc Rivers did the, made the right call by putting the ball in Maxey's hands and letting James Harden just cook. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100% because it got to a point, if you think about it, you know, they were losing early. And and you needed Harden to be Houston Harden. I mean, I'm not saying ISO Harden. I'm talking about I'm going to get some buckets Harden. And, and he worked out well. The thing I like about him, man, and it's like every time he plays, it just seems like the leadership is, is off the charts. You know what I mean? He does what he has to do. He's, he's up there, like, being extremely vocal. The young guys, they're like, don't, they're like, he's like he's the quarterback. Like, you know what I mean? Don't do whatever he says right about now. But the thing, and, and here's the thing. In the third quarter, when he knew that Maxi was hot, my man was just trying to get assists. At that point, he was the one trying to make sure that everything was running smoothly. And he had an impact on there. Now, again, he didn't play a lot of minutes in that third, but at the same time, when he was out there, he did his thing, man. I mean, I, I think this was a, gr- a great game for him. No, it was. You could see, you could see the, the emotion that he had in the game from he, he wasn't looking to score early. He eventually saw how things were going where they were trading baskets and eventually New York going on a run where he decided, let me be. Houston Harden a little bit. Let me get into some isolations. Find the pick and roll and operate off of that. And the leadership that you speak of, it's clearly evident that that's what they were missing in the past. There were a lot of people here. The last leader that they really had, two of them, Jimmy Butler for that short stint and J.J. Redick for the two seasons that he was here. That was the veteran leadership that they had. Everyone else, they led by example. They weren't very – and look, Tobias Harris is a good leader. I'm not going to say that, but – when you have the stature of James Harden versus Tobias Harris, it's a different type of leadership, and we see it. I, it's really clear. Uh, I'll, we talked about him in the locker room speaking to Tyrese Maxey and asking him, are you going to play? Going back to the game where James Harden didn't play in the Milwaukee game, the last game before the All-Star break, saying the same thing, which prompted Maxey to score that 14 in the second quarter, saying thank you after he was going downhill, attacking the way that he was against the defenders because they couldn't stay in front of him. It was very, very obvious of what needed to be done. But again, Tyrese Maxey wasn't doing that, even though I trust him to be that type of person. And you saw it again tonight. There was a play that Tobias Harris, not to pick on Harris, it was a play last night in the game that, Tobias Harris had the ball wide open on the wing, Keith, facing us, uh, you and I, in the second half. He had a wide open three. He hesitated because he wasn't having a great night. And he drove right into the teeth of the defense 
right there in the painted area. And as they collapsed, he did throw the ball, which was the right pass over the top. Now, he left his feet. Luckily, he didn't charge. But he also sailed it to a 6-2 maxi where he had to make a defensive back type of save and keep his feet in bounds and eventually finding Matisse Thibault for the three-point make. But my point was, after the make by Matisse Thibault, who did take the open three-pointer, going down the floor as Harris was running down, I'm looking at Harden saying to him, why didn't you shoot that ball? Why didn't you shoot the basketball? Now, Harris had a reason. I don't know what the reason was, but why didn't you shoot that ball? That's the type of leadership that we're talking about. While I am encouraging you, I'm also kind of chastising you as the point guard because I see everything that's happening, and I see that you need to get going because you have not done so yet. That's what he brings to this basketball team. That's what we saw through the first two. That's what we saw last night in the scoring early on because they needed it. And then, the, as you pointed out, Tyrese Maxey has it going. He is the hot hand. Let me find this guy because he is rolling and continuing to find him and allowing him to get his while we are taking this lead and extending it. And now at this point, the Knicks don't have an answer for what we need to do. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, his leadership is uh, – I'm, I'm impressed with it. And I know some people will say it's only three games, what have you. But, but I, I'm, I'm impressed with it nonetheless. No, you're absolutely right, man. And listen, let me tell everybody about this great Rock Auto. Rock Auto, fantastic place uh, with every increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible to find your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Wait. While the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Here, save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 and even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Why do that? Again, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, Rock Auto. Easy money, 216 very affordable for you. It's a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Prices are reliably low for every customer with Rock Auto. They have everything you can need, bar- brake parts, taillight lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. They have it all. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to Rock Auto. Let me say that again so you can hear it clearly. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Available again, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let us get into the final segment, the third and final segment here, Keith, what we need to talk about, the bench unit. What's going on with the bench unit? Yeah, um, I, you know what, you know, George Niang, he was two for four. He had six points. Danny Green was two for five. He had six points. Shake Milton was three for six. He had six. Paul Reed came in in garbage time and, and, made, and scored a three. You know, outside of that, like, they just didn't show me anything. And, and even, like, some of the, you know, Millsap did a – he was a plus 10. 
you know, Danny Green was a minus six, right? Um, Shake Milton was a one. A mi- but it just seems like they lost a lot when those guys were in there. Like, you know, right now on the bench, you know, you're looking at it, and the Sixers are a team that's going to have to outscore people. Their starters are going to have to play a lot of minutes. What I'm talking about is in the playoffs right now, right? I'm talking about the playoffs. But, you know, George played well. Uh, Shake and, and, and Danny were okay. But Furkan really struggled. I mean, he played four minutes and 46 se- seconds. I think 27 of those seconds came in garbage time. You know what I mean? Because they, they basically benched them. They basically benched them. And the Sixers, they just need some help. But these guys have to improve. Yeah, and we've seen George Niang play pretty well. And Paul Millsap in his short time here, he is done. Yeah, it really wasn't working out for him either. I mean, the the thing is, yeah, he, he has to get that together. I mean, he has to get that together. No, Furkan Korkmaz really needs to get it together and really pick up his production because uh, most teams, of course, in the playoffs, as you mentioned, that's where you need everybody to step up and do their part. And his outside shooting is very important with that second unit and especially with the starters because of the, the two-man waves that they have where two starters stay out there as far as the staggering goes, for whether it's uh, Matisse, Thiable, uh, out uh, coming out of the game. But Harris and Harden, I believe it is, and Maxie and, and Embiid as far as the staggering goes with Doc Rivers, Furkan Korkmaz is going to be in there with two of the starters, and he has to produce, man, because they need that outside shooting. That's something that they lack. When you trade Seth Curry, sure, you get James Harden back, and I've been a proponent of, hey, guys, yes, you traded Seth Curry, but let's not forget you have James Harden, who, by the way, is just uh, four three-pointers away from being third and occupying that third spot in the all-time list as far as makes go. You have that, but you need more shooting, and George Niang will give you that. He is not afraid to take a shot. And, and get those shots up very quickly. Furkan Korkmaz, Danny Green, they are supposed to be the other two that can knock some shots down. And they certainly need them to start making those shots. It's only one game. We've seen George Niang have an uh, impact on the games in, in both the Minnesota and New York game on Sunday. Last night, not so much, but you really need it from others. Now, Shake Milton, I didn't mind his 19 minutes and 34 seconds. Thought he played okay. I mean, he was three of six from the field, missed his two threes, but he did have three rebounds, and he did not turn the ball over during that time. He had six points, uh, hit a crucial bucket 
in the lane for them when they needed to kind of stop the bleeding, if you will, uh, from the from the Knicks in one of their runs when they were trying to come back. So I thought he played okay. George Niang I feel comfortable with, but Korkmaz really needs to step up. But I have to ask you, as we talk about that in the big man minutes behind Joel Embiid, they bring Willie Cauley-Stein in on the 10-day contract. This is the only time that he's seen thus far a minute and 15 seconds last night. And Paul Millsap did log 12 minutes of play last night, but didn't really have an impact overall. And quite frankly, I thought this was the worst of his performances since he joined the 76ers. Uh, what, do, what do you make of the, the backup situation there behind Joel Embiid with the big men? Because while we talk about the scoring and the shooting of Furkan Korkmaz and others, those big men minutes behind Embiid are very important as well. I mean, when you have a guy like Paul Millsap right now, we're talking about what he's six, 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 seven, undersized power forward, and they want him to play center. You know, I, I think he's at a at a mismatch, right? I mean, he's it, it's tough for him. Um, you know, but right now, I think a lot of his playing that position is they just don't have anybody that they're comfortable with. So, you know, DeAndre Jordan. You know, we, we're hearing all this stuff about the Sixers going hard after him. You know, I, I expect him to be the backup center. You know, I, I just do. I mean, because, you know, they're giving these guys auditions and they're not really working out. Now, the thing is, I do think that, you know, Paul Millsap, I'm not ready to close the door on him as a contributor, as a, as a player on this bench. I just think that he's out of position playing center and it's more of an indictment on guys like Paul Reed you know, than anything else that you have to go to this six foot seven guy who's a veteran and giving you veteran leadership. But to me, yes, DeAndre Jordan is, is, is has to be that guy. He has to be that guy. Well, if they do in fact bring him in then yeah, you're right. How much did he how much does he have left in his game? This would be his third team in just a sh what, two years? Going from Brooklyn to Los Angeles and now here to Philadelphia, of course the familiarity with Doc Rivers and James Harden being with him, was he with him in, in Brooklyn? I think he was. Yeah, he I think was. they, I think they did cross paths while they were there. And of course, the familiarity, as we mentioned, with Doc Rivers during their Lob City time in L.A., it would be a much-needed depth signing if they were able to bring him in because Willie Cauley signed on his 10-day contract for whatever reason. Doc Rivers is not giving him any run. Yeah, no burn. Paul Reed is a young player that can um, <laughs> do a little too much at times <laughs> out there on the floor where he's running around fast and out of control a bit uh, for Doc Rivers' team. So that would be a depth signing and someone who's a veteran and is trusted, I'd imagine, as far as the coach goes and the point guard and everyone else on the team. So would be a good one. The, the bench, I would like to see them do a little bit more to help out the starters in these games now they're winning they're 38 and 23 they're third in the eastern conference a half a game behind the second seed chicago bulls so they are in a very good spot they have 21 games remaining the next one being tomorrow against the, the cleveland cavaliers who lost last night as well they they need some bench help they need some bench help and this is what you have so they're going to have to start to find a way and as we see the minutes staggered with the starters the bench, the rotation will shorten when the postseason gets here. And as a result of that, the bench may not be much of an issue. But who's going to be part of that rotation when the postseason does eventually get here? And 
these final 21 games are very important in trying to figure out figure that out for Doc Rivers in the rotation. Yeah, we'll, we'll learn a lot. But, hey, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank D for uh, agreeing to be my partner, adding his knowledge to everything. I look forward to it. Look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you all for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So for D, this is Keith. I want to say thanks for listening and have a great day. Peace.